Bears Nation. Bears Nation. Bears Nation. Now see that? That's the kind of winning attitude that's going to take this enterprise straight to the top. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. I'm a loser, baby. Pressure up the middle. He is still up and now down he goes. Pressure coming. He is buried. Fields pressure again. And he is sacked again. It's time for the Bears Nation podcast. Fields pressure on his face. Slips down. And he's sacked again. Number seven for Cleveland. With your hosts, Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? Strap it in. It's the Bears Nation Podcast. Let's get it. Come on, sucker. Let's get it on. Bears Nation podcast, September 27th. Correct. Monday, September 27th. And we are here today to attempt to convince the general lawmakers of the nation to throw Matt Nagy in jail because that is where he belongs for crimes against humanity, crimes against the general city of Chicago, and crimes against Chicago Bears fans specifically and the game plan, quote unquote, if you want to call it that, that he rolled out yesterday and Justin Fields first start in which the Bears got absolutely steamrolled by a score of 26 to 6 against the Cleveland Browns. And nobody was that game not fun, horrendous, sad, embarrassing, and all around a miserable viewing experience that we had to look at. And it's just absolutely, it's stunning. It blows me away how in my 23 years on this earth, and I'm still finding ways to be surprised by the Chicago Bears general lack of ability to be a football team. And it's just really sad at this point. And I just can't believe, I don't know. I, I was expecting so much more. I got my hopes up again. Justin Fields first start a beat yeah. Browns team, a way that you could start taking the steps to being a playoff content team again, because I don't count last year's team as a playoff team because that team was not going to go anywhere. We knew that from the beginning. <clears throat> so it's just, I, I I'm mad at myself for even being surprised, but you know, it was Justin Fields day. It was time to get excited. The future is here. Let's get this party started. And then you just go out and get embarrassed. You get one net passing yard. You get steamrolled against Cleveland after your first couple drives, you uh, first two drives, you, the blueprint was laid of what you had to do to win that game. The defense was playing great. The defense was playing inspired. The offense stalled out in the first drive but you still put points on the board and it looked like you were on your way to a complete game you saw things and then just everything backslid into just this absolute pile of crap and 
and that might be putting it mildly. I mean, it was, it was impossible to watch. I put the Ryder Cup on my big TV at one point because that was wow. more. Honestly, like, sure. Like, like Valid. I put the Bears on the little TV because there was <laughs> no point. There was nothing that you were going to get from watching the end of that game. But once it got to the fourth quarter, that you knew what was going to happen. It, it was just was nothing nothing was happening that was worth watching and it was just really sad and it was just an absolutely terrible debut for justin fields because the people i've seen the stat line thrown out obviously we know you know six or 20 60 yards but i that that wasn't justin fields justin fields did not play poorly the coaching and the offensive line absolutely let him down and the yep. defense down. And people are like, oh, well, the defense, you know, you can't give up that many points to cl- uh, banged up Cleveland. The defense ran out defense of gas. Defense played great. Yeah. They, they, they ran out of gas. And we've seen that story time and time and time again of the defense being out there far too much. The defense was on the field for 81 snaps, Kevin. Oh, my God. 81 snaps the defense was out there for. It was uh, abysmal. And obviously they're going to run out of gas there and they're eventually the and, and we've seen this defense before they play great and then they give up because they know they have no support. That's exactly what happened. Justin Fields, he got hit, they sacked nine times. Miles Garrett sets a, a franchise record for sacks in a single game with four and a half. It felt like he had about 10. It was just, it, it was a disaster. A complete, it's the only word for it, a complete disaster. And I don't know what the answer is. Justin Fields now hurt his hand. He's probably going to be Oh, fine. we know the answer, Jake. But, we know the but answer. You, but you know what's going to happen, right? I mean, we what's going to happen? Gonna, we both know what's going to happen this Nick, Sunday, Nick right? Foles trots out? Andy, no. And if, if <laughs> assuming Andy Dalton gets cleared by team doctors, Andy Dalton's going out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we all know that's what's going to happen. And... Then Matt Nagy's gonna, you know, he's gonna have a shitty grin on his face. He's like, oh yeah, you know, and this Lions team is not good, but they're actually decent because they've played some good teams pretty tightly, and they're they're gonna beat the Lions with Andy Dalton. And Matt Nagy is gonna, he's, he's gonna say he figured it out, and he's gonna say they got something. This is why Justin Fields needed to sit because, and this is why we've been saying Andy's the guy this entire time. And then they're gonna go get their teeth kicked in by the Raiders in Vegas with Derek Carr, and he's just gonna absolutely <laughs> stuff it down your throat. And and we're not gonna be surprised because this team is in complete disarray. Matt Nagy does, has no idea what he's doing. He's way in over his head, clearly. And it, and there's 0% chance he gets fired midseason because that's never what this organization's been about. It's never what they'll be about because they're run by a bunch of clowns. All right, that was about five minutes of me talking straight. I'm going to look. You need to let it out. No, you yeah. need to let it uh, out. Kevin Lapka, my co-host, of course, this is Bears Nation podcast, and we are recapping just a horrendous Sunday for the Chicago Bears. Kevin, I'm done. <laughs> therapy moment for Jake there. Uh, You know, you just got to let it out. Tell him the way you feel. And that's the way you feel. And you're absolutely valid in every single point that you make. I mean, he should be in jail for crimes against the city of Chicago and crimes against Justin Fields. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. And I'm sorry, we should have taken the Mitch Trubisky quote from this summer for what it was. I mean, that really like people were mad at Mitch Trubisky for saying that now that he is in Buffalo, you know, he, he feels welcome. He feels like he's actually learning things. And, and everyone thought that, you know, everyone hated on Mitch for that. Cause he's, he's going oh, after the Chicago organization. Everyone thought it was sour grapes, right? No, that was a clear and evident indictment on Matt Nagy. And how in the hell did nobody see that? Nobody saw that. So, uh, you know, I we know my stance on the Mitch Trubisky situation for years past, and I don't want to bring that up, but I do deserve an apology because I had said for years it wasn't his fault. And now you look at Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky, Chase Daniel, 
All of them, no success. Common denominator, not all of them suck. Just by pure probability, they don't all suck. No, the common denominator is the quarter or the coach doesn't know how to get the team ready to play, doesn't know how to game plan for you know each individual player. It's and I like you're right. And the reason why this hurts and the reason why this feels hopeless is because as fans of this team, you know the organization isn't going to have the integrity to make the necessary changes. You know they're not. And, right. and that's why Jake says you know they're not going to make an in-season coaching change. So the only thing you can possibly hope for is they change play callers and we see something We see something different. That's the only hope you can possibly have. And yes, Matt Nagy said today, once again, everything's on the table. Maybe He's he not will. He, I, I do doubt it. he will. He did do it last year. I doubt he will, but I wouldn't be surprised if it does happen in the coming weeks because, like, he's not stupid. He does – oh, he is stupid. I, what the hell am I talking <laughs> about? He is stupid. He – I'm sure he sees hashtag Fire Nagy trending. And it's oh, not just oh, – it's not just – you know, Jake has said this before. You know, fan, fans don't have influence on these things as much as we think we do. But when Jimmy Graham retweets a stat claiming your offense is one of the worst of the century – uh, it's internal. This this has become an yeah. internal issue. This is no longer bears against the world, our locker room, our guys against the world. No, you have started a war between the players and the coaches and the players in the organization. And right. that is when you start to see organizations crumble. In the past, we saw the Bears have their mishaps and miscues. But we always had faith that Matt Nagy, uh, believing that he was a players coach, was going to keep the, the team together through all the struggles, through all the hardships, and, and that culture and whatever that was was going to keep them through. Now that you've lost that, you have nothing. Nagy has nothing to hold his head up. Absolutely right. nothing he can claim that he brings some sort of value to this organization. So once you lose the locker room, once you start to find fundamental issues internally, that that is where you start to see organizations crumble. Right. And, and it, it does make me laugh, though, when the Bears tweet, you know, Matt Nagy will be speaking with the media at, you know, 10 a.m. or whatever. Uh-huh. And, and you just the replies, the, the clown emojis and the clown gifts. And somebody somebody replied today and says, can he speak on this ratio? <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. And, yeah, I mean, people are sick of it. And when and like you brought up the Jimmy Graham retweet. You know, Jimmy Graham retweets a, a stat, uh, you know, uh, about how futile the offense was. And mm-hmm. when, and this is Jimmy Graham who has one catch all year, a guy who you elected to pay to keep on the roster, a salary that you didn't have to pay, which ended up leading, among other things, led you to cutting Charles Lino Jr. and Kyle Fuller. And this guy can't even see the field. He's barely on the field and it, it's insane. And it's just the, the miscue after miscue after misstep and it's over and over and it's never ending. And I mean, we'll get to Ryan pace because he, I, you know, I brought up the Jimmy Graham and we'll get to Ryan pace and his mishaps and his role in all of this too. But Matt Nagy, I mean, when we said it on the show, when Justin Fields came in after Andy Dalton got hurt, that was a clear, okay, we had a game plan for Andy Dalton. We weren't ready mm-hmm. for this much Justin Fields. And we said, all right, we're going to give you the chance to tailor a game plan for Justin Fields against a, uh, not Bears, a Brown secondary that you can take advantage of, that you can exploit to your advantage. And what did we see? We saw nothing. We saw the same old crap for some in, for some reason, we at least we didn't see screen passes, but 
you know, it's just the same old crap and that no movement, no bootlegs, no play action, nothing. Justin Fields didn't throw a pass that went more than 20 yards. Your best play of the day was getting an, a pass interference call for you. And then that was insane. And I know, Justin, you have something to say. Our executive producer, Justin Kaufman, everyone. Oh, I, lo- I love that title. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Um, okay, so in 2018, the Bears had a, a great first season with Matt Nagy. But you look, I think it was 20 or whatever year that was, whatever the next year was, didn't they set the off like set a Bears record for running the ball eight times against the Saints? Yes. Remember that? That was a huge deal that Matt Nagy mm-hmm. and then he came out and said, I gotta do better, I gotta do better. Yes. But he broke like that was a that was a, a record for one of the, the poorest offensive teams in football history, yeah. right? The Bears are not known for their offense. So he set that record. Last year he set records for not scoring points in the third quarter. Remember that last year? Like yep. they said. Oh, like it was amazing that they couldn't score a touchdown. And then for this to happen where they actually get 42 plays for 47 yards, mm-hmm. 1.1 play per average. I mean, it's not, we cannot be surprised, right? I mean, this is not an offensive minded coach. He can say he is, but the facts say otherwise. Well, yeah. this is why we're surprised because this was the one, this oh, was, there was one element that was supposed, well, no, I'm not surprised th- th- at all. I'm not completely surprised, but there was one element that was supposed to change everything, and that was the quarterback. And and we all thought, and the, the you know, we all had hope that now he's got Justin Fields, now he's got a real quarterback, and this is why everybody hated Mitch Trubisky, and this is why everybody put the blame on him and put the blame on Foles and put the blame on Dalton and all those other guys is because the quarterback was not capable enough to run Matt Nagy's offense. That was that was a, a major point. So everyone thought. Now you have Justin Fields. Now you've got a guy who's got a whole lot of talent who can bring a whole lot of things to the table. Now we're going to start to unlock the Matt Nagy offense. Now we're going to start to see the quarterback make the plays because, oh, sometimes they scheme things open and the quarterback can't hit it. But, no, more often than not, it's it's the other way around. And the major problem is – he doesn't know how to tailor <clears throat> to the quarterback, no matter whether, no matter who it is, no matter what it is, no matter what skills this man possesses, he doesn't know how to tailor them. So we were given hope that this this is Justin Fields going to change everything based off of pure talent. But I'm here to tell you, I don't give a shit if it's Patrick Mahomes, if it's Tom Brady, if it's maybe Tom Brady's the only one, <clears throat> if it's Josh Allen, if it's Kyler Murray, not one of these players would be successful under Matt Nagy's offense or at least be completely remotely close to what they currently are on their respective teams. I can a thousand percent guarantee that fact. A thousand percent. Lock it yeah. in. There is there is no quarterback in the NFL that would have been able to handle that would have given you any other result yesterday. No, they, because no. a Justin Fields was running for his life, and Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney were waltzing, walking, strolling past the Bears' offensive linemen, like barely being touched multiple times. The image of J- Jason Peters falling down, trying to hold on to Miles Garrett, and Miles <laughs> Garrett just rushes past him, will be burned into my brain forever as a symbol of embarrassment. And, and you have to laugh because it was it, it, he was falling over, literally, arms comically waving like he was a drowning man as Miles Garrett runs straight at Justin Fields. No, it would... Uh, all the daylight in the world to just absolutely murder Justin Fields. I don't know what Justin Fields did to Jason Peters that made him so upset that he wants to get him killed. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's just <laughs> unbelievable. And, and that was one of the, the and, and to respond to the comment that where goes one comment on YouTube, there's no shot. And Matt Nagy's not getting fired in season. This organization does not run this way as much as I would love to believe that they would have a spine at some point. It's not going to happen. 
it'll never happen. Uh, not in a million years in any other earth. It's not happening. Um, but it's just embarrassing. Well, and it's, it's not happening, but one last point. And I know I, I, this is like my second rant and we've been on for 15 oh, minutes. Go but, off dude. But miles Garrett literally said after the game, Oh yeah. After the first yeah. two drives, we knew what we, we, and we adjusted and then they couldn't do anything that two things on that. The first two drives I said in the beginning of the show were when you actually had a semblance of an offense and it looked like you had something going. And then after that, it stalled. Miles Garrett literally said that, yeah, those first two drives, yeah, we figured out what they we figured out what they were what they wanted to do is what he said. We figured it out and we adjusted and then they couldn't do anything. It's insane. So and but we've seen that and Matt Nagy on, on top of his multiple, many, many other faults, no ability to adjust in game. It's never been a thing with him. And, and we've said it on the show. Matt Nagy goes in with one plan, and if it doesn't work and the, the opposing team figures it out, everything mm-hmm. goes to shit. And it happened to – and that was the biggest example of it yesterday because the Browns defense figured out what the Bears offense, quote-unquote offense, if you want to call it that, was going to try to do and what they were going to attempt to do. And they adjusted and shut them down. And, and the Bears had no answer for it, nothing. Well, you want to know what he also said? <clears throat> he said, you know what? We we really expected Chicago to, to move a little bit more with yep. Justin and move the pocket. You know, like the, the I and I'm starting to wonder what the hell goes on in practice? What the hell are they yeah. watching? What the hell are they doing? I don't understand how you have two QB designed runs. You don't run any play action. He's in shotgun every other play. There's no creativity. There's nothing tailoring to the strengths of the quarterback. And it's just it's just baffling that you could be this bad. It's actually unexplainable. It's literally unexplainable. Like I I watched the Houston Texans put up 21 points against the Cleveland Browns and, and move on them with ease. Like the Browns have a good defense. They're, they're, okay, they're, they're a solid defense. Davis Mills. And the Houston Texans, Houston Texans carved them up for a good period of time with Tyrod Taylor and Davis Mills. And you can't get more than one yard of passing offense. Like, this is historically bad, and it's not. No, I, I'm sick of him going on the mic and saying, credit to Cleveland, credit to, to what the other team has done. No. No credit to them. Sure, you you know, credit is – you can give credit where it's credit's due, but only when that is deserving and when their their defensive talent outmastered your offense. That wasn't the case. It was your stupidity and your offensive ineptitude that out, you know, did the Cleveland defense and whatever they were doing. So, I, you know, I, I just – I don't understand. Like, I, I, what do, what do they think he is? What do they like? Do they, do they watch? Do they even scout the fucking guy in college? Do they even know what he's capable of? And Jake, this, this goes down the, the food chain as well, down the ladder. It, this is not just the quarterback. When you talk, we've talked about this for years on this podcast now. What player has developed under Matt Nagy? What player has gotten better? We've seen players get worse. We've seen players kind of go up and down. But I, I can't think of one. Or maybe a few, but a few players that have consistently gotten better under Matt Nagy. They don't know what their players are capable of. They don't know how to game plan to their players, and they don't know how to make them better. It it goes down the ladder. That's why Marquise Goodwin has, like, zero catches. That's why Demir Bird has zero catches. That's why Allen Robinson has, like, four catches all year. Darna Mooney's non-existent last game. You know, all – freaking mess i i don't know i mean they they must watch spongebob like i don't know what they watch it what do they do at practice no actually what do they do know. jake what do they no, do at practice and, and to, to your point about you know 
about oh, you got to give him credit. You absolutely do not have to give more credit to Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. You know what they are. They are right. top tier pass rushers. They're top tier defenders. Miles Garrett is perennially in the defensive player of the year conversation. He hasn't won one yet, but he's always in that conversation. Jadavian Clowney isn't exactly what he used to be, but he's still a very, very good pass rusher. You know yeah. what these guys are. And Matt Nagy goes up there and he says, oh, it starts with me. It's as simple as that. Well, clearly it's not very simple <laughs> because you've had four years to figure it out oh, yeah. and Wait. we're still here and we're still doing the same old shit and so it doesn't make sense oh my god it, and you're right i don't know what they do in practice because we hear oh justin's wowing us in practice and everything looks so good in practice so are they just doing non-contact in practice are they running dry drills like it, it, you're right it makes no sense and to your point i think the only players that we've seen got get better under matt Nagy's regime is roquan smith and david defensive Marcus. yeah I th- okay i sure. think those are the only two I yeah, mean, none, I think, none of the corners. I mean, no. Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson. But I mean, he had natural. T- he he had a very good year last year, and so far through four, what three games, he's played really well. Yeah. But you know, give it time because, I mean, we've seen other guys have a, a good year the a first year or two, and then go right. down. It happens over and over mm-hmm. again. Eddie Jackson's a prime example of that. <laughs> your your interior offensive linemen are a prime example of that. Anthony True. Miller is the best example of that, I think. And so it, it's. It's astounding. It really is. And now we're going to have to deal with it for another year. And it's going to be really bad. I think it's things are going to be very, very ugly for the next few weeks. Because, again, remember, you still have to play uh, the Seahawks, the Ravens, the Steelers look washed, but you have to go to Pittsburgh to play them. Like you st- and uh, We haven't even played the Packers yet. You have to play them twice. The Vikings yeah. actually look decent. They, we thought they'd be a, a trash hot fire. But you still have some very hard games. You got to play the 49ers still. You, you have hard games coming up, and, and it's going it, to, they're, they're going to beat the Lions. And Nat Nagy's going to preach to us, oh, see, we're on, we're getting better. Our arrow's pointing up. And then, and then it's immediately, and I mean immediately, going to go right back down because after the Lions game, and, and let's not pull any punches, the Lions are bad. But right after the Lions, they're going to get that win. Matt Nagy's going to, you know, he's going to grin at the media like he's like he knows something <laughs> and like we're the idiots. But then you have the Raiders in Vegas. You welcome. Not worried about that game. Packers you go ain't to good. Tampa Bay. You bring the yeah. 49ers to town, and then you Jesus. go to Pittsburgh. So Jesus. I mean, you maybe you maybe beat Pittsburgh. Oh, was that four Vegas. I think they can be Vegas, but that, look, theoretically they should. I don't, Kevin. I'm going to be honest, and I'll. They're not beating anybody unless they change play callers. I'll I don't think they way. can beat Detroit right now. I don't. I'm not confident yeah, in I mean, saying maybe. that they're going to beat the Lions. Yeah, what, what, I mean, yeah, because, what, because you know what the the difference is. Yes, you have more talent than the Lions, but the Lions play like a team that actually is hungry and wants something. Your team, I mean, your defense is going to check out. I mean, your defense is about to check out. Dude, they already didn't do anything. And so yeah. it, it, the Lions play inspired football. Like they play football that <laughs> the Bears say they play and they and they don't. But the Lions actually do it. And they ha- and everybody likes to make fun of Dan Campbell. And he's a walking meme. I make fun of him, too. But his players get up to play for him. Matt Nagy can't say the same right now. So no, I don't he even can't. know if they beat Detroit right now. 
I, at this given moment, maybe not. The, again, it's, here, here's the funny thing about this team, though. Like, they are capable of beating anybody if they change play cars. Like, it's that simple. It is that simple. They were in that game yesterday. They could have very well won that game yesterday. They should you know, had they not had one passing yard. Like, the defense played well enough for you to win. It was it was 13-6 in the fourth quarter, wasn't it? I mean, it, it was halftime was what? 10 to 3, 7, it was uh, 10 to 3. It was 10 to 3 at halftime. You're down one score in Cleveland. You could have won the game. And, and then it all falls apart like it does in the fourth quarter. Like, they could beat any team. And the funny thing, well, again, disclaimer, with a different play caller, not with Matt Nagy, all that. The funny thing is, you know, he goes on the mic after every single game when they lose. And what does he say? You know, you know, this loss is on me, starts with me, and ends with me. All right. All right. So what the hell does that mean? What, what do you think? Like, what are you saying? Okay. Right. Every single loss is your fault. You're, right. you're telling everybody every single loss is your fault. You're literally explaining it. He always says, you know, we're going to go find the whys. We're going to go, we're going to go uh, look for it through our pad. We're going to find the why. You just told us the why. It starts with you and it ends with you. It's your fault. Is he trying to get fired? Like, I, I think he's at this point, like literally trying to get fired. He goes, it starts with me and ends with me. He's, te- he's gifting everybody the why he's giving, he's giving everybody the reason it's his fault. They're not ready to play. It's his fault. The offense looks bad. And it's, it's his fault that he's stupid enough not to know what they can do to help the team win. Like, we, we have evidence. This isn't a speculation. We have evidence of what this offense was under Bill Lazor and Mitch Trubisky. We saw it. We literally saw it last year with four games or however many was with Lazor, and they broke the record or whatever for 30-point games and – or not broke the record, <laughs> but first time they scored, you know, 30 points in four consecutive games offense in looked however many right years. Away. Offense looked better. He has to make one move. And that's why I don't understand him. Like, I don't understand your play card. I don't understand you either. Just like what your mentality is. You could, you're not going to save your job at this point. It's not possible. But you can make yourself look a hell of a lot better if you handed over play calling, your team started winning, you started to focus on other things, and you weren't, you know, consuming all of the blame. I mean, no one had their gripes about Matt Nagy during that four-game win streak in 2020 last year, did they? No, it was okay. This is what we need to do. We need to change the play calling. Nagy can focus on actually being a competent head coach, and we can go from here. And that, right. and then he made the boneheaded move to go back to him. And I don't, it's selfishness. I don't know what it is, but it's it's like every answer to every single problem like could not be more in front of him. And and, and it's been this way for years and he doesn't know how to make the right decision. He, he just guesses C. He's like, he's like that kid that guesses C on every multiple choice question on the ACT just to try to pass. Like, cause he doesn't freaking know. Uh, he's ignorant says a standards on YouTube. Total passing guards, 36 inches says where goes one. I, I love, I love seeing that 36. In- <laughs> That's funny to think about it that way. But um yeah, I mean, Ace Daniels used to be a naggy truther. So much for that. Uh, there were a lot of people. There <laughs> were a lot of people. Were. We all were. I mean, we, no, we all I thought. I was that, never. Uh, okay, fine. Well, well we all After thought, 2018. Like, yes. Well, we, we were all saying, even even last year, we say, all right, well, you change this, and you change that, and you tweak this, and you tweak that, and you can make this work. And over and over again, and it doesn't work. And, I mean, it's just bad. And, and you're right. I think that he's going he's gonna to clutch to the play calling for as long as he can to try and save his job until I assume. But no, but no, no, Jake, that's where you're wrong. I think though, that's where you're wrong. Like if he's, if he has any sort of 
IQ that's above zero. He should know that the only thing that can save his job at this given point, yeah, well is right. I'm not sure. Uh, At this given point is to hand over play calling. And I think he might have, and that's why Jake, like when you look at last year, this is the similar situation. He might have seen the writing on the wall last year and was like, okay, uh, we just lost six games in a row. I I might be freaking getting fired. I'm going to salvage this by handing over the play calling. We're going to win some games because we play some lesser opponents and we're going to get ahead of it. And then we're going to go back to me and then we're going to see how that goes. He might, it's his last plea. That's, that's all I'm saying. That's why I think it could be possible is the same situation. Is, is this the worst loss of the Nagy era? Yeah, it's not even close. It's not even close. I I, I think the only, I think, well, I think the next closest would be that Green Bay Sunday night game from last year when you got it just absolutely blown out. I think that, and we were on this podcast, I think we did a two hour episode just, just absolutely ripping into the everyone in the organization. I think that's the only closest one. But I agree with you. I think, I mean, it's bad. I mean, this was supposed to be, yesterday was supposed to be a day, a game where every, everyone was excited for the next era of Bears football for the, you know, the next quarterback who you're going to have for the next 10 years to be here. And then you just yeah. absolutely piss it away. You get the kid killed. It was, I've seen it, this example made everywhere. It's reminiscent of Jay Cutler, one of Jay Cutler's first games when the Giants had, I think, 10 sacks in the game and they had like eight in the first half or something and just absolutely crushed Jay Cutler all night long. And uh, I mean, it's fair to wonder, there was a comment, does this affect Justin Fields' development? Probably when you, uh, at least least for the season, because you know, you know, when, when guys like Nick Bosa come to town, in a couple weeks or when guys like the Ravens defense comes to town, you're going to, you know, your offensive line is going to help you at all. I mean, and even, even guys that aren't elite, like a Bosa or, you know, like how can you have any faith in them? And so Justin Fields is going to be seeing ghosts because he, he knows, especially his blind side <laughs> until Jason Peters is no longer there. He's going to be afraid of his blind side the entire time. Well, you kind of saw that at the end of the Cleveland game, too. People were getting upset because he was kind of locking in on receivers and, and making quick reads and throwing it quickly. What the hell do you want the guy to do? You yeah. want the guy to sit in there and wait? Like, he he was trying, he did hold the ball a little bit too long in situations, and he deserves, you know, to go back to, and look at the tape and dissect that. He is a rookie. He did hold it a little bit too long at times early on, and, and some of those led to sacks. But in general, I mean, he, he was trying to go through his read progressions. And number one, the offensive right. line didn't hold up. But number two, nobody was open. And, and, and that, that partially has to do with scheme, partially has to do with, you know, your playmakers. But I think it has to do more with scheme than it does that because we know the capabilities of these guys on offense. Um, I mean, nobody was open. So it's I, like it doesn't affect the, the reason why I'm not worried about long term, you know, repercussions of this is that he's such a smart player that I think the moment you bring in a different, you know, a different uh, play caller with a different mindset, whether it be Brian Dable, Eric Bieniemy, he's going to soak it up extremely quickly and he's going to be able to kind of let go of whatever the hell Matt Nagy was telling him and, and all those yeah. different things. He's just that cerebral and smart of a guy that I, I, I'm like the, the one thing that you would be worried about maybe in like the Mitch Trubisky situation or whatever is like, okay, he switched play callers first year. You never want to see uh, a quarterback switch play callers right after they're mm-hmm. a rookie, but He's just a smart enough guy. He's a talented enough guy to where I think that doesn't matter. So I don't think this this affects anything long term for Justin Fields. Anything uh, in that sort of capacity, and even his like his health, maybe like you don't want him getting banged up. But even then, I'm still not too worried about it. So, I mean, honestly, I'm at this point right now where 
all you can do for this year is just try to get some solid building blocks, a solid foundation. And then next year, you know, because I, I said this last week, I think Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are our package deal. So if one goes, the other's going to, and either they both get fired or neither of them get fired. And in my opinion, I could be wrong, but in my head, I think they're a package deal at this and, point. I think and so, either they yeah. both go or neither of them go. So, I mean, Nagy's walking himself out the door at this point. And so <laughs> the, be- the best thing you can do in my eyes, unless you somehow Nagy gives up the play calling tomorrow and the offensive line starts playing better miraculously somehow. And, you end up sneaking in the playoffs or something, but otherwise in a realistic sense, you just build some, some solid foundation for Justin Fields for the next head coach, whether, you know, whoever it is that you get from Tampa or from LA or from wherever, uh, because unfortunately you can't hire Eric B because it's just, gonna yeah, be yeah, you can't yeah. go back to the Andy Reed tree. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, anyone, I mean, he should be a head coach somewhere it's long overdue let me make that very clear but the chicago bears won't hire him because just because you can't <laughs> the optics on that would be terrible but and and generally the nfl should be above optics but this is the chicago bears we're talking about um but yeah i mean you just got to try and build some solid foundation and do what you can and salvage what you can jalen johnson darnell mooney you know get a solid foundation and hopefully in two years you could be a playoff team again but other than that I, I don't know where you go from here because I mean, Ryan Pace. And so I guess this is a good segue to Ryan Pace and his fault in all of this as well. Is that Ryan Pace threw you all in? Like this was the defense was you're going to be your foundation. Okay, now you got Justin Fields, and that's why you've got these Nick Foles, these Andy Dalton, because you just need someone to just make you competent and to just run a competent offense. Now, of course, when Matt Nagy's at the center of it and designing the offense, you're never going to succeed that way. But you just, Ryan Pace threw it all in. And with Jimmy Graham, with Nick Foles, and then that led to, you know, cutting Charles Leno and Bobby Massey and Kyle Fuller because you chose the wrong guys. And Ryan Pace, I mean, I don't know. And granted, Matt Nagy, that first year was great. We thought everything was going to be awesome. Uh, But the hoodwink job that Matt Nagy has done. I mean, you have to give credit to that, the way that he just tricked whoever he needed to trick to get this job, uh, including all of us, I guess, to a certain extent. But I mean, Ryan Pace has a hand in all of this too. And that's why I think that they're a package deal as far as going or staying too. But I mean, this is just, it's a terrible situation right now. I really like people are are on Ryan Pace's ass and I'm going to tell you why I'm not. Okay. And I, and I've alluded to this in the past. If you want to place the blame on, if you want to do a percentage of where you're going to place the blame, it should be 95% Matt Nagy, 5% Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace Pace deserves blame for, for the offensive line and the mishaps that are there a thousand percent. But that's the only area where I think he deserves blame because he has put a competent team on the field for you to win the past four years and this year with every single thing that Matt Nagy has wanted. We talked about this weeks ago, the, before the season started, and this is why we said there's no more excuses for Matt Nagy. He has absolutely nothing that he can rely on as an excuse. You gave him the speed receivers that was supposed to replicate what we what he had in Kansas City. You gave him the athletic tight end that's supposed to replicate t- uh, Travis Kelsey like he had in Kansas City. You gave him uh, you know, a, a solid wide receiver one who I know the contract disputes have messed up, but there was more to that than just the money. There's It's a fuzzy situation. You have an Allen Robinson. You have a running back who's extremely dynamic. You get Damian Williams, who he had in Kansas City. You give him everything he could possibly need. And then you go to the defensive side of the ball. We know what they have. You know the money you allocate there. 
the Kyle Fuller situation was bad, but in retrospect, it looks worse because of the way Matt Nagy is using Jimmy Graham. Mm-hmm. He put a team on the field that is ready to win, that has all the pieces to win, and we've just talked about it 10 minutes ago. Matt Nagy has, one, not done anything with those players or developed them to get them to the, to get them to the point where they're at. We've seen teams do more with less. We've seen teams do more sure. with less talent than the Bears have. And is that, you know, credit to the to the GM? Some, like, do you think the GM of the Patriots deserves all the credit for, you know, picking up the random white guy well, in that, the sixth well, round well, of, well, of the NFL well, draft? That, Kevin, Kevin, that's a terrible example because the coach is the GM in New England. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that, that's, that is uh, <laughs> true. But you know what I'm trying to say? There are teams <laughs> okay, who do yeah, more I with less. Yeah. And they the head coach makes their uh, makes their GM look better because the way they develop their players, the way they turn those diamonds in the rough into superstars who they found in the seventh round and all those things like that. Yeah, the Rams. I mean, it, it, like, it happens with every single team. I don't want to see a single person putting a, you know, a, a brunt of the blame on Brian Pace because, quite frankly, he does not deserve it. He put a team out there that Matt Nagy wanted, that Matt Nagy was supposed to work with. He listened to him, and I guess he's dumb for listening to him, but he listened to him all the way back when we talked about Nick Foles, all the way back when yeah. we talked about Mitch Trubisky. You know, he Matt Nagy's whole plea to become the, – the reason he got hired was for one reason and one reason only at the time. It was to develop Mitch Trubisky, turn him into the franchise quarterback of the Chicago Bears, and go from there and have that figured out first and then go from there. He failed to do that. So first of all, if that was the reason why you hired him, he failed to do that. That that should be grounds for firing. But nonetheless, this is not on Ryan Pace as much as it is on Matt Nagy. He deserves blame in certain errors nonetheless. But he is. I hate the people who are pinning this on Ryan Pace and making him the problem. He is a thousand percent not the problem. No, no, he's not the problem. I agree, but he did have. My point was that he did have a hand in this. The 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 some of the personnel decision. I mean, just the Kyle Fuller one sticks out immensely. Obviously, the offensive yeah. line, the Charles yeah. Leno, yeah. does as well now too. But no, I mean, you're right. It all goes back to Nagy. Um, I saw someone say he should take his own advice and get a job at McDonald's. That was pretty funny. Oh, um, so at least we're getting at least we're getting jokes like that uh, out of all of this uh, misery. But yeah, I mean. Yesterday was just absolutely back to the actual game aspect. I will say Justin Fields, to his credit, I mean, there were a couple times where he didn't go down on first contact and he tried to spin away or just use natural. It's some whatever his natural talent is, is out of this world, because yes. there were a couple times I thought he was on the ground and he tried to get away. And unfortunately, there were about three, four other Cleveland Browns there already. Right. But and, and even the. Uh, even the underhand flip to Cole Komet. I was like, that's just, that's that's everything you want because like, you know, the, you could live with the rookie mistakes, you know, you know, staring down a receiver at some point or, you know, holding the ball too long. Like you can live with that because you would get moments like that underhand to commit, which yes. ended up going for one, it happens. seven, eight yards. And you thought it'd go for like two. You, you thought you were going to get a sack and then he just flips it forward like a baseball and you get some out of it. Like you, you, it happens, right? It, b- it balances out. At the end of the day, the good will outweigh the bad because that's just the kind of player Justin Fields is. But yeah. here we are talking about how he got sacked over and over again and how he got one net passing yard because Matt Nagy failed him. The coaches failed him. And I think it said a lot when Justin Fields, because there were times where Justin Fields was talking to Matt Nagy. He looked visibly upset. But then by the end, he was only talking to Andy Dalton and Nick Foles. And I think mm-hmm. that says a hell of a lot. And if you're already jading your rookie quarterback, who you think is the future of the franchise, before his first start is even over, you got a problem. And you got to address it quickly because otherwise it's going to balloon. And then you're going to have a Jay Cutler, Mike Mart situation where he's telling him to go F himself on the sideline. 
sorry. Yeah, that I, I, you know, Justin's too high character for a guy to do that, but I'm sure. No, uh, I agree. Are, <laughs> but that's Nick Foles would do that. Nick Foles would do that, and he almost did when he says, uh, you know, you can hear or you're not can hear. You can see him uh, lip reading. Uh, there's a video of him saying Matt's offense or the offense just isn't working. The offense just isn't working. And, and when you have, again, that's why I say when it becomes eternal, you're a Thursday quarterback, a guy who's respected among the league, the guy who's been to, you know, a Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl MVP, been to a whole bunch of different organizations, whole, seen a whole bunch of different offenses. When he's saying that, a lot of football. Yeah. You got yeah, you seen a lot of football. You got problems when it becomes internal. It, it's a, it's serious. But like to, to break down like the X's and O's of it, and, and like really break down how Justin Fields did. Like we already kind of talked about, you know how Matt Nagy failed him. Uh, you know, there's a few plays that kind of stick out to me um, that w- where I would have liked to see him do better. Where I think it was the, the there was one play where he rolled out. I don't think it was a design rollout, but he got out on the run. Darna Mooney was open. Uh, I think it was a corner play. It was a deep corner play. And this was ended up being the PI, the interception PI. You know, just a quicker decision would have would result in a touchdown there because Mooney was wide open, but he held it a little bit too long. Johnson was able to fall back and get the interception. I, again, the PI nullified that. Um, that. I would like to see that. But, you know, the problem was, like, why were we empty every time? Why why are we in shotgun every time? Why why are why are we not doing things that why no QB design runs? Jake, when we came into this game, we said, all right, if they want to win this game, they want to come out here with a win. They want to you know do things because we we like I I'll, I'll, I'll admit it, I got a little ahead of myself. I thought he was going to light the world on fire a little bit. I thought he was going to show sure. a lot of things. And, and that was natural so. optimism. Yeah, I think we, no. we were all there. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that's justifiable to a point because of how yeah. talented he is. Uh, you know what I mean? But. I but but like two two design QB runs two design QB runs all game and and, and hey we're going empty we're going shotgun we're going you know you know no pulling guards no bootlegs n- none of those things oh, oh no there was one time where you had an offensive lineman pull and it was Jason Peters on a on a running back toss was that on was, the toss play yes yeah. when when literally it seemed like the whole Cleveland defense was on the left yeah, side left side and you call a run to the left side and. Part of that, I think, you know, you can't expect your rookie quarterback to check out of that play. Like, there should have been a like, use one of your timeouts, help him, like, help him out a little bit, uh, yeah. do something. But your pull, your swing guy is Jason Peters. And that was just, it was laughably bad. But anyway, continue. No, no I mean, you're right. But you also, you, uh, it was laughably bad. I don't know why you're calling a toss on that play anyway. I mean, when you get, like we said, when you get down to third and two, it should be QB counter. 37% of the time, like at one of your three plays uh, at third down and short distance should be QB draw, QB counter, or some sort of QB design run. I mean, watch well, the we haven't even talked about the, Watch we haven't the Ravens. Even, we haven't even mentioned the fourth and three at the Browns four yard line either. What was that again? Oh, the, the, after the, the PI field. at the, when they took the field goal from the Browns yeah. four yard lines, I, 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 three. And you said, yeah, and Justin Fields is standing on the field until the literal last moment possible being like, what the hell are we doing here? And I mean, I I think that's when I kind of knew that this game was not going to go the way we wanted it to, because you're you got fourth and three, fourth and like two and a half, really. And it's still early and you have a chance to, you know, make it a very much different game. And you, and you don't show confidence in your quarterback, A. B, right. he, show, he shows the commitment that he wants to do it, and you kick a field goal from the four. I mean, it was just – that was – like I wanted to vomit. Like that was, it, that was terrible, and, and that was really bad. 
Well, I mean, I, I like quite frankly, I didn't. I have no trust. The offense was going to pick up that fourth down conversion. I was almost grateful no, they no, kicked me the field. Either, but like was, I had zero the trust. Fact that they were in that position. Here's here's what I would like to see, or what I what I would like to have seen, and what I think Bill Lazor would do as the play caller, and what I think Bill Lazor did do as the play caller with Mitch Trubisky. He says, you know what? I'm going to kind of ask the quarterback what he wants to do. I'm going to say, look, what what do you think? is going to be successful for us. How do you think we're going to, you know, we can tailor to your strengths. What do we help? And and Mitch Trubisky outspokenly said this when Bill Lazor became the play caller last year. I remember he came on the mic. It was like, you know, there's more communication. There's more of, you know, what what I want to do with the offense. And a play that sticks out to me in a similar situation like this is is the Ravens against uh, Kansas City on Sunday night football. They face a fourth and, you know, three. uh, And in their own territory, one of the boldest fourth and threes you ever see with the Chiefs, could have had a chance to kick the field goal if they don't get it. Um, John Harbaugh goes up to Lamar, says, what do you want to do? What do you want to yeah. do? Let's go for well, it. Lamar says, let's no, go for no, it. Let's John run Harbaugh, design, keep I, I think wrong. a little bit of that was showmanship. <laughs> like, I think Maybe. they knew what they were going to do. <laughs> and I, I right. think John Harbaugh knew where he was and, and that the cameras. But, He's mic'd yeah. up. He's mic'd right. up. He knows. Right. But, <laughs> but to your point, like, they had the confidence to do it even. Yeah. So, you know, in, in that situation, you know, I would love to have seen Nagy say, hey, Justin, what do you want to do? Uh, and Justin says, you know what? Let's go QB counter to the right side. I'm going to trust my athleticism. I'm going to trust my playmaking ability to get that first down because he's capable of doing that. We saw it in the Rams game. I mean, that play was a, not a great play design, but he scored a touchdown on it. And that's why I'm saying, like, it doesn't even matter if the blocking is not there 100% of the time. The guy's going to get you the first down if you need it to because he's that athletic. So I like schematically, you know, nobody's open. And when you look at Justin Fields game two and you see the number six for 20, like obviously people are going to say, well, the offensive line doesn't tell the story for his completion percentage. And yeah, that's true to a certain extent. But you look at those throws down the stretch. Those were fine throws. He's putting them on the chest of the receiver. What was happening? The defense is right there to swat it away. That's why I say when there's zero, zero separation as well. Like I, again, like there's receivers do need to do a better job at separation. I'm going to look up their separation rates on next gen stats before next episode. But his throws weren't like he wasn't throw. He didn't throw an interception. He wasn't throwing bad balls all day. He hit on the football. It, it was more of just the things you would have expected to see the jitters at times from a rookie quarterback who just kind of got swallowed by the moment. I think that's and that's why it's more encouraging and not as daunting as if he did a Zach Wilson and threw four interceptions or he even did a Trevor Lawrence who has more interceptions than he does touchdowns and on pace. Uh, on pace to throw the most interceptions in NFL history. You know what I mean? Like it's those littler things that are like, okay, it, it's just the mental aspect. He just got to get up to speed. All those, all those smaller things more than it is, oh, his arm angle's wrong. The accuracy's wrong. There's a fundamental mm-hmm. issue with the way he is, you know, throwing the football. Right. No. And, and again, like uh, I, we open the show with this, Justin Fields. Yeah. The stat line looks terrible, but it's because he had no breathing room whatsoever and the scheme and the lack of adjustments just completely failed him. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's probably was having nightmares all night, waking up with the vision of miles Garrett barreling towards him, waking up in a cold sweat. Like it's yeah. And again, I mean, and we'll expand on this on Wednesday for the preview episode, but my God, I mean, the fact that we're going to get Andy Dalton again and it's I actually, okay. The- so, that, look, I'll make a prediction. I'll make a prediction. Uh, we're going to get a press conference on Wednesday. Bill Lazor will become the play caller. And Justin's going to be the starter. And it's going to be because Bill Lazor wants that to be the case. And I, I don't know if I'm too optimistic to think that. But I, 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 
I again because of last year's situation, Steve, I think this is Matt Nagy's last last holy grail hail Mary to to potentially save his job, uh, because at this point. Like there's nothing there's nothing else he could possibly do than than wins because that's what he held it that's what he held his hat on for the past three years anyway is you know our offense wasn't that good you know we ranked I'm I'm the offensive guru but we were ranking last in the league in, in a number of categories but I'm I'm 45 and 12 or 20 whatever whatever the hell you know his his record is and I was coach of the year and we made the playoffs two out of three years so if he continues and knows that that is something that can that he can hold his hat on yeah then he's gonna do whatever it takes. To, to allow that. So I, I I think Bill Lazor becomes the play caller. And because of that, Bill Lazor has the control. Bill Lazor says, I want Justin Fields. I want him to run this offense. And that's what we're going to see. I, I, I Do you I'm, think Bill Lazor has that much power, though, is the problem? That's my Maybe he thing. does. Maybe he because, does. I mean, my thing is, if Nagy says, even in the event that he gives up the play calling, I think he might still have the final say on personnel. So I might be thinking that Matt Nagy – it might go with the safer option. Like, yeah, Justin Fields might give me the better, the higher ceiling, but Andy Dalton, right. like, is a seasoned pro. Like, I know what I can do with him. Are you, you know saying Lazer's saying that? No, Nagy, Nagy. Okay. Well, so here's the question I have last year. I don't know if you remember last year when they changed play cars. Was that the same week that they moved back to Mitch Trubisky? Did those two things happen hand in hand? Oh. Because I want to – I want to – because if they did – I don't know. Maybe because Lasers' first game was the Vikings game, right? I think so. But Mitch's first game back was the. I want to say it was the Sunday game? night Vikings game. We didn't play them on Sunday night last year. Or the Packers game was the first game. Yeah, Mitch right. was back, right? The the one they got blown out, forty one twenty five. I think you might be right. I think maybe okay. it was the Packers then. So if those two things happen hand in hand. I am. I'm just saying, like maybe he does have that power. Maybe he was, you know, making that decision back to Mr. Trubisky once he became the play caller. Again, I don't know. I wouldn't believe that Matt Nagy would say, "Look, I'm going to give you free range to make this decision," because most of the times that's a head coaching decision. But okay, okay. So here's here's what it was. So I, I think it wasn't Lazer's first game the game that Foles left hurt and Bray was and Bray had to come in. I'm pretty remember. sure that was Lazer's first game. And then Mitch was healthy the next week against the Packers when you got absolutely just your asses whooped. Maybe. I who I'm, yeah, I'm maybe. almost positive. Okay. You could but be they, right. They, they, close enough they coincide. Like there, there's a clo- close enough correlation. There is a close enough correlation. So uh anyway, that that that's my prediction. I might be optimistic, but I think based off the history, based off the evidence, there's some validity to it. See, I, I could see it, but I think you're underestimating Matt Nagy's ego and his <laughs> awareness of this fact that you're playing the Lions and he knows he could go out and get a win against the Vikings, keep the play calling, and then come the out Lions. on Monday morning and, and be all smug and happy with himself. Like, I did it. I put together a game plan that got us a win. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Like, like you're, you're underestimating his ego and just his his just – just who he is and his just spite. Like you're you're underestimating the amount of spite that Matt Nagy has yeah. for the fans and for all of us, uh, just to self serve himself. And I, I mean, I just think like uh, there's going to be people who say, 
Well, what happens when, you know, they, ju- they trot Justin Fields out next week against Detroit, the Bears put up 35 points and win, and it's all of a sudden, oh, shit, Matt, you, like, you know, look at what we're doing without you. Well, we've already seen that. Like, we already know how bad he is. Like, they're, they're, like you right. can't go any lower. So at that point, he, like, he can at least say, I you know, I, I coached the game well. You know, I, I got us ready right. for the game. I got us a win. The offense looks better. And then he can maybe even say if he really wanted to, if he really wanted to be this selfless. And I think he might have said it last year. He can even say, I made the right decision. You know, I did what needed to be done. I, I switched play cards. I recognized that things weren't going right. Like, again, Jake, right. when I tell you he has, he could save himself if right. he really the wanted to. There. The opportunity is there. You know, I, I decided what I would like. I, I would love this is why I would love for him to say. And this is what every Bears fan would possibly want. This is a dream scenario. Bears win. Bill Lazor becomes the play caller. Everything looks great. He says, you know what? Comes on the right piece. Bruliana says, look, my offense just simply wasn't working. I had to hand over to Bill Lazor. I know that what's important is getting this locker room ready to play, getting this team ready to play, you know, minimizing penalties, looking at the other aspects of the game, making the right decisions in-game, making adjustments. And I wasn't able to do those things when I was worrying about the offense. So I decided to hand it over to Bill Lazor. I decided to kind of assume the other roles at a higher level. And I think that's part of the reason why we were able to get a win and why we looked better. If he said that, the whole city of Chicago takes a step back. You're not seeing hashtag fire Nagy. You're not seeing clown emojis. Everything all of a sudden makes logical, makes logical sense. And, he won't do that, but right. it's all right in front of it. That's why I say, you know, the opportunity is there. Right. I mean, that's how it. he saves his job. That's how he saves the season. That's how he saves the locker room. I, I mean, those three things, it's, it's all tied in just doing what exactly what you just outlined. And yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of will he have the spine to do it? I, I lean towards no, just because it's just what sticks to me is how he took the play calling back at the most critical yeah. time of the season last yes. year. And so that's what sticks with me. And that, <laughs> so that's why I think like Matt Nagy is just going to say himself, like, I can, I can do this. I can save this. I, yeah, screw them. I can make this work. And then he's going to go out there and he's going to lose his job. And then, you know, for better or for worse, um, he's going to, he's going to keep it and it's going to be for worse for now. But then at the end of the season, when he gets himself fired, you know, we'll, we'll be looking at whatever assistant from Tampa or LA or, you know, wherever <laughs> that you bring in. Uh, and you can, you know, be excited about, you know, another another year of averagelessness because hope. The thing is, that's the problem. That's the problem with all of this. If you bring in another GM, like I don't think another GM keeps Coyle Mack or Robert Quinn or probably Kinnan. not. Like, yeah, like probably not. A new GM probably goes, all right. I have Justin Fields. If I if I could turn this around in three years or two years, maybe then I then we have a shot here. While Justin Fields is still on his rookie deal. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's just. <laughs> the uh it's like the the pain of wanting to win but knowing you'll have to stick with Nagy and like if you win Nagy sticks around but if you lose then you lose a, a lot of this defense and you kind of hit a reset button and you yeah hand down the road for God. three years or so it's, it's a lose-lose situation it's yeah, funny right. though like now that we've come we like collectively everybody has come to this realization about the ineptitude of Matt Nagy and how bad it is oh, yeah. and, and and now you can kind of speculate about the past and not just Mitch Trubisky yes I think Mitch Trubisky could have been a better more capable quarterback without Matt Nagy but then you start to look you know do they win that Saints game if he if he if, if Bill Lazor yeah. was the play caller do they you know do they win the Super Bowl in 2018 if it was a different play caller like I know 2018 was supposed to be the one good year but really, like they weren't that great offensively. They were fine. Right. They weren't it was that a great. Defense they, more than anything. They weren't. Yeah, they weren't amazing. I think they ended up probably like I don't know, eleventh in the league or something total yards in in, in in that area. And scoring offense was was you know solid. But 
it's funny how you can kind of go back and you can pinpoint little things. You can kind of speculate and be like, you know, what if, what if, if if there was somebody else at the helm, if there was a different play caller, you know, and and it's frustrating to do those things. It hurts to go back and look at those things, but it's, it's kind of funny to to think about it. You know, do, do they win this game? Do are things, how, how are things different? And, you know, there's a lot of people going to say, well, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't have changed it anyway because this allowed them to get Justin Fields and all these certain things true. But you do have, you do have to wonder, what what could have been had it been different? Uh, you know, some of these situation. bear scores from 2018 are re- are just so gross. Like obviously the 16-15 against the Eagles, but 14 to nine over the 49ers, 15 to six mm-hmm. over the Rams, 25-20 over the Vikings. Some of these are just gross. Yeah. But- and then I think like the two games where they really dominated was against the Bills, you know, 43 to six or something. I think they had two defenses, 41 to nine, two defensive scores in that game. Um, uh, you know, the Buccaneers game, obviously that, that, game, yeah. that, that we're going to put that all on, you know, the goat Mitch Trubisky, the MVP throwing six tuds, uh, no credit to Matt Nagy on that one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, other than those two games, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just yeah. funny to look I back. Mean, it's funny to look back. Right. And then you get sad because you, you remember how it ended. And then you're like, yeah, Shit. I mean, it, it, I mean, you're at a real cross. I mean, just to wrap this up, I mean, after yesterday, you're at a crossroads. I mean, you're one and two and you have a chance to get to 500 <laughs> and, you know, kind of start building something up. But you're across. I mean, if you lose to the lions, I mean, then you're, well, yeah. So, I Go mean, ahead. someone, it'll never be Nagy, but someone gets fired if you lose to the Lions, yeah. I imagine, right? Yeah. I mean, that, because like division games matter more. Yeah. This is a team you have consistently dominated with the worst mm-hmm. of quarterbacks at the helm, with the worst of, you know, talent across the board. You've dominated them. And that's where I think, you know, the McCaskies don't know a lot about football, but they at least know that you got to beat Detroit. You know, that's the right. one thing they know. That's one thing Virginia knows after watching football for 98 years uh, is that. And, and the funny thing is, Jake, too, like, you know, we're in a shit situation. The Packers are one stupid 49ers team away from being one and two. And yeah. they are place the Steelers next weekend, who, you know, are are off and on. They're, they're the best team in the league one week and the worst team in the league another week. They could yeah. win that game. Like, there's a chance. There's still a freaking chance the Bears could be in first place after next week, after all this. There's still a freaking chance. Like I it's it's just comical. Um, and I like to provide optimism. I don't want to say shit about the playoffs or anything like that because it's not right, but Real quick, too, before we end, there were positives from Sunday. Robert Quinn has sure. four sacks through three games. Kalou Mack has three sacks. And those are really the only positives is the way the edge rushers played, the way Robert Quinn played. Uh, maybe the injury. Jalen Johnson say. is still a star um, with the pass deflections and all that. It's great. But um, Lions at home next week, they could win. The Packers could lose. The Vikings, even if they you know win, are, are still would still be tied with us. It's, just, it's a fucking weird <laughs> league, man. It is such a weird league. Well, that's what I mean. You're at a crossroads. I mean, because yeah. the opportunity is there for you to still be a, a very relevant team. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm interested to see what happens Wednesday. Like Kevin said, there, I'm sure there's going to be press conference. I mean, they're going to talk throughout the week. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, join us Wednesday. Hey. Join us Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central right here so we can talk more and preview the Lions game. But, you know, we this was, this was a therapy session for all of us. We all let it out. The comments were great. You guys were great, as always. Kevin, you were fantastic. And you are fantastic. We'll do it again. 
you know, Wednesday we'll be back and we'll, we'll we'll preview the Lions and try to figure out a way that you win this game. Hopefully Justin Fields is named the starter. Hopefully Bill Lazor is playing, calling plays. But hey, who knows? We can't tell the future. But until Wednesday at 7 p.m. right here, then take it easy and we'll talk to you then. So for myself and from Kevin, it is terrible and not easy and hard as it is to say right now, bear down. Bear down, baby.